on the field and inside the clubhouse. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Diaz into his stretch, the pitch, swing and a fly ball. Left field, Pilar towards the line and foul. Nope, fair territory. He makes the catch and the ball game is over. Boy, the Brewers had a threat there. Got a run across, had the tying run on base. Couldn't get the big hit when they needed it. Edwin Diaz finishes it out, and the Mets take game number one by a final of 4-2. to two. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Radio City, here's Matt Foley. Well, the Brewers make a little bit of noise there in the ninth inning, but too little, too late. They lose to the Mets by a 4-2 score. The Mets put up a three spot in the seventh inning, and that's really the difference in this game. The Brewers... One or two more hits there in the ninth inning away from really uh, making this thing interesting. And the Brewers end up falling short. They've lost two in a row. They've struggled from an offensive standpoint each of the last two games. Welcome in to Brewers Extra Innings here on WTMJ. You want to join us? You can do so. We have multiple ways for you to connect with the program. You can call or you can text on the Accident Mortgage Talk and text line. That's 855-616-1620. 855-616-1620. You can also tweet at me if you'd like. At Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. We'll hear the post-game comments from manager Craig Council. We're going to do that uh, at about 10.15. We'll go back through the game with the highlights around 10.20 or so. Craig Kishon from Valley Sports Wisconsin is going to join us in uh, a little bit after 9.40. So a lot to get to between uh, now and 10.30 when we wrap things up for the evening. Uh, I, I, I said this before the, the, before the game on Brewers warm-up. I still don't know who this team is offensively. I just, I don't. I I know that they're not an especially good hitting team, but I, I don't care. <laughs> That's, I'm not trying to be, like, crass about it, but I, was, I don't care. I don't care what their team batting average is. I care how many runs they score per game. And there's a correlation between the two. I know some people hear me say that and go, well, what are you talking about? If you don't get hit, you're not scoring runs. Well, yes and no. I just... I don't think this is an especially good hitting team, but I think they can go score runs even when they're not coming up with a bunch of hits. But the bottom line is um, they're still a team that really struggled from an offensive standpoint early on in the season. They just got done with a fantastic winning streak of 11 games. They still have the best record in Major League Baseball since May 22nd. But a lot of those games since May 22nd, have been against opponents that quite simply are not very good teams. And you can I'm not dismissing those as not being important wins or them not playing well. You can only play the teams that are on your schedule. And what they did was they they played the teams that were on their schedule, they played them well, and they won a whole bunch of games. They did what they're supposed to do. I would argue that this Brewers team has not yet put together consistent run-scoring performances against good teams. And that's kind of that next step. Yeah, I don't mean to, like, single out one guy because they only collect five hits today and they have a ton of strikeouts. They strike out 13 times today. Way too many strikeouts. And you have two guys with three strikeouts. Christian Yelich goes 0 for 4 with three strikeouts. Uh, Tyrone Taylor, who had a big hit late, Goes one for four with three strikeouts. But today was not a good day for Keston Hira. When he goes 0 for four with four strikeouts, and bluntly, in many ways, he looked the way he looked when he was really struggling early on. And 
the reason I put more of a spotlight and more of a focus on Hira is because these games mean more for him than they mean for anybody else on the roster. The, the, the position where the Brewers have gotten the least amount of consistent offensive success has been first base. And that's a problem because first base is a position where you need to have good offensive production. And when Hira came back up the last time from AAA Nashville, he really he, he looked pretty good. And you know, one one rough night does not does not you know ruin a, a pretty solid streak. But he, he has not come up with a hit in his last two games. He went 0 for 3 yesterday with two strikeouts against the Pirates, and then he goes the 0 for 4 with four strikeouts today. And we're inching closer and closer to the trade deadline. And David Stearns and Matt Arnold are going to have decisions to make of where they want to upgrade this team. The Brewers are in great position in terms of their division standing. I'm not saying they have this thing locked in. They, they don't. They're, the Cincinnati Reds, St. Louis Cardinals, even the Chicago Cubs can still make a run at this. Now, they'd have to go on a very substantial run considering how far back those teams are. Uh, but it's we saw the Brewers go from being tied with the Cubs to having a, a six-game lead on the Cubs in a week. So... Leads can grow and leads can dissipate at the snap of a finger. What to me, when you when you look at you know yesterday and today, and you still try to figure out how good of an offensive club this team is and what maybe they still need, it's it's about building for a, a potential postseason run. So we'll see what we'll see if he is in the lineup tomorrow. If he is in the lineup, we'll see if he can get things going again. But the last thing you want is for him to all of a sudden fall back into the guy that was hitting 125 on June 5th. You know, that's, that's, that's not what you want, and you don't want to see all these strikeouts. And on some of these strikeouts, that, that final strikeout of the day wasn't even close. Wasn't even close. And, and you give credit to the pitching, but at the same time, you want to see a little bit more from an offensive standpoint. All right, again, if you uh, like to join us, 855-616-1620, 855-616-1620, the Yankee Net Mortgage Talk and Tax Line. You can tweet into the program at Matt Pauley on air. Uh, Doug texting in. I know it's only two games, but showing signs, again, of strikeouts, few hits, not the very good potential of losing, uh, now the very good potential of uh, losing three in a row with DeGrom going. Like you said earlier, like to avoid that. Um, Brewers are smart enough to get Adamas. Now go get a first baseman, please. Yeah, again, let's let's pump the brakes on. Uh, it's a two-game losing streak. That's who cares? Like from, in the grand scheme, I'm not trying to be dismissive of it, but in the grand scheme of things, it's it's fine. And they're playing a good team now in the Mets. This is a very good team in the Mets, a first-place team uh, in the NL East. Maybe. I, I think you could argue that the Brewers and the Mets are the, um, well, you know, you'd probably put the San Francisco Giants. Probably the San Francisco Giants are the number one surprise team. But you think about the division leaders, who, uh, we'd have to go back and look at the, the preseason prognostications. And who knows what it's going to look like at the end of the year. I still think the, the Dodgers and the Padres are, are the class of the West. No disrespect meant to the Giants. Uh, but who would have thought that on July 5th, the Brewers, the Giants, and the um, the Mets would be the first place teams in the National League. Let's just let's just double check on. Uh, yeah, the Giants still have a half game lead. The Giants lost uh, earlier tonight to the Cardinals, and I think the Dodgers are the Dodgers playing tonight. We'll check that in a little bit. Um, 
Yeah, so the Brewers, they fall short. They lose uh, to the Mets by a 4-2 score. If you want to join us, 855-616-1620. It's the Yankee Net Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You can tweet into the program at Matt Pauly on air. Craig Sean from Valley Sports, Wisconsin. He joins us next. It's Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. This is Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley on WTMJ. Swing and ground ball through the left side, base hit. They're going to send around the runner from third. He's going to score, and it's 4-2. to two. Tyrone Taylor's first hit of the game comes up in a big situation. 4-2, Brewers fall to the Mets to open up a three-game series with Jacob deGrom looming in Game 2 coming up tomorrow. Welcome back into Brewers Extra Innings here on WTMJ. Want to join us? You can do so, 855-616-1620, 855-616-1620. It's the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You can tweet at me as well, at Matt Pauly on air. Let's bring in Craig Kishon, Bally Sports Wisconsin, was on play-by-play duties uh, tonight and Craig, you don't uh, you don't make too much of a two-game losing streak, especially coming off an 11-game winning streak. That's obvious, but I do think that the fact that they struggled offensively yesterday, they struggled offensively today, they had offensive struggles at the beginning of the season. It was better during that month-long period of not playing very good teams, but again, you weren't playing very good teams. I don't know if you'd agree with me or not, but for me, I guess the thing that I'm still waiting on from this team is the run-scoring consistency against good opponents. Agree or disagree? No, I mean, I, I would agree with that, you know. But, you know, to me, I I think in a game like this, Matt, you know, I, I look at, you know, Christian Yelich at bats, and, and, you know, I'm thinking to myself, you know, is we sometimes go back and, and um, talk about these storylines that, that you're just bringing up right now, there, there's a storyline right there that still is it's incomplete so far for 2021. I mean, he he sometimes just doesn't look good at the plate. Um, hey, great, take the walks. Um, good eye, I get all that. But um, some of these some of these strikeouts, swinging strikeouts, called strike threes, um, that type of thing. I mean, I I mean, I'm scratching my head a lot, just wondering about his game offensively right now for the entire season. I mean, he he doesn't have the power game at all. Um, I I know I'm singling out one person here. I'm a little bit concerned the last couple of days about the the swings from Keston Hero, too. Hopefully, you know, there's just ruts at this point. Um, But, I mean, those types of things. I mean, there's two guys that you came into this season and said, these two guys, if they produce like they are supposed to produce, you're going to be in pretty good shape offensively. And quite frankly, that just it, as a, a whole hasn't happened yet. Yeah, you mentioned Keston here, and I think you're right about everything you say about Christian Yelich. The the thing about he has not had the, he has not had the home run power this year. At times, he certainly still can put it in the gap and get extra base hits. He doesn't look like the the MVP and the almost MVP when you go back to 18 and 19. That's for sure, and we don't really know what's going to happen with him eventually. But. Uh, this the Brewers are kind of at a crossroads right now when it comes to first base, and there's a very limited amount of time here uh, before the trade deadline where they got to figure out whether Keston Hira can be a, a contributing member on the major league roster or not. So uh, I'm not trying to dismiss what you say about Yelich, but to me these 
you know, single bad performances or one or two ba- games of looking bad at the plate, I feel like that carries more weight for Hira because there's more on the line for him and more urgency for him uh, with the Brewers needing to make a decision on him here probably in the next three weeks. Yeah, it, you, well, you're absolutely right about that. And But the toughest part about that equation, Christian Yelich is going to be on this team and playing left field no matter what happens. And the biggest question mark with, with Hira is, he is supposed to be uh, much better than he is, maybe even borderline, you know, hitting-wise and, and all the accolades he's had throughout his whole career. Um, it makes it that much more difficult to make a decision like that in such a short window of time. But that's what it is. It's an incredibly difficult decision that, um, you know, through this game and going into tomorrow is still going to be evaluated. Um, and that's, that's a tough evaluation. That's not one I'd want to make, that's for sure. No, and he's got, I mean, from a pressure standpoint, he knows it. If we're sitting here talking about it, he clearly has to know that his opportunity to grab this first base job is right now. And if he doesn't get it, there's a pretty good chance that come August 1st, there's going to be somebody who's not in the organization right now playing over there at first. Yeah, and I, and I think that's pretty much the timetable. Um, I, I think you almost have to give him you know, the whole month of July to see what he does or doesn't do. I mean, if he absolutely crumbles here in a hurry, I mean, you, you can't keep putting him out there. Um, but it, if he's holding on, you know, for a while and starts playing well again, that's, that's what you're hoping to see, obviously, at this point. But uh, the, window, the window is now appearing on the radar. Let's just put it that way. And, and it's, it's something's got to happen here in the next few weeks. There's pressure on here to perform. There's going to be pressure on the organization to – to fix that if it's if it's not doesn't come from here himself i know you and bill schroeder have talked about this a little bit and you go back to the the 13 game winning streak that he was a part of and it wasn't it wasn't long after that 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 same team went on a long losing streak that that tends to happen in baseball you go on a you go on a long losing streak and then all of a sudden you win one and you you win a bunch or you go on a long winning streak and you lose one and you kind of exhale and you lose a bunch this seems like uh, kind of a big moment here where they're coming off the big winning streak you, you lose a couple games in a row you got to lock back in you do and and you also don't want to get to the point here where you're so close to the all-star break that you had this big league and all of a sudden you know it could potentially slip away on you uh, going into the break, um, I, I think when I look on the schedule too, um, you, you know, you brought up a really good point about the Mets not being all these other sub five hundred teams. Obviously, the Brewers have played, especially during the winning streak. Well, you got the Reds coming in here this weekend. You take a break for the All Star break, and then you go to Cincinnati right after that. Yeah. I mean, I, I just don't, I just don't like to face that club. Period. No matter what city it's in at this point, there. Their hitters are dangerous, and they they pitched Milwaukee pretty well too. Um, so though, that thing, it's like you know, all of a sudden things could change in a dime here. If you go into this, you go into this week, and you got the Reds coming in, and it's head-to-head matchups, and you start losing games um, and losing your lead potentially to the team that's chasing you uh, in head-up head battles. So you don't want that to happen. 
Yeah, let's be very clear here. The Brewers are in fantastic shape where they're at. They're six and a half up on Cincinnati right now. That's probably going to be six because the Reds are beating uh, Kansas City right now in the ninth inning. The Brewers have the best record in baseball since May 22nd. The Brewers are in fantastic shape. They've lost two games in a row. That's not the end of the world. But at the same time, you, you can't help but look at the fact that they're going to play seven straight against Cincinnati coming up, uh, a team that just swept them when in the middle of the Brewers playing great baseball they get swept by Cincinnati and we saw how quickly the Brewers gained a six-game lead in the division against the Cubs simply by them winning a bunch in a row and the Cubs losing a bunch in a row so I don't think it's it it, you're not looking past the Mets series but it does feel like the seven straight against Cincinnati are kind of looming as a really big moment for this team yep they are and you know we're right in the middle of the last you know, 36 hours of seeing this team uh, have an 11-game winning streak to then being shut out yesterday at Pittsburgh. And, you know, in that loss, at the end of the day, you're like, okay, the the winning streak ha- will come to an end, and it did. Um, but you got blanked. And then, and then tonight, you didn't look good at the plate, pretty much for the most part. Um, and so we're feeling the uh, the emotions of baseball, right? We, we yeah. We get all jacked up and excited when they when they win and go on a big winning streak like they did and extend a big lead in the division. You're like, holy cow! How did how did this thing get to eight games? You know, in a matter of less than two weeks, uh, but it did, and it just goes to show you the potential that this team has. And it's a competitive division, but it, you know, at the end of the day, it's still up for grabs, and there's still a lot of games yet to go and. And you and I are going to be talking about high emotions and low emotions here before all this is over, that's for sure. Yeah, it's better to be talking about that than talking about games that don't matter. So it's uh, it's certainly a good place to be. All right, Craig, appreciate it. We, uh, We appreciate your time. We'll talk again soon. Okay, sounds good. There's Craig Sean from Bally Sports, Wisconsin. Brewers fall short to the Mets 4-2. Have some time for some phone calls, some text messages in this next segment if you want to get in here. 855-616-1620. That's 855-616-1620. The AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Or tweet into the program at Matt Pauley on air. M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Back with more in a moment. It's Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. It's Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Pauley on WTMJ. The gill from the windup, the 1 1 to Narvaez, and Omar rips one deep right field. Back on it is Conforto at the track. It is gone for Omar Narvaez. Omar Narvaez goes deep, and the Brewers take a 1 0 lead. I hope he ends up at the All Star game somehow, some way. Um, yeah, I've. I, I'm very confident that Freddie Peralta is going to end up there. I think he's going to take the spot of Brandon Woodruff. I I almost feel like that's already been kind of decided internally. I don't know anything. I just I just feel like that's going to happen. I would be beyond shocked if Peralta is not an all-star. I don't know if it's trending in the right direction for Nervaez to get chosen at some point this week, but, man, he deserves it. He really does. What a season he's offensively, defensively, uh, through much of the year where the Brewers have done very little from an offensive standpoint, he's been the guy. He's been their best offensive player. So I hope I hope they find a way to, uh, to get him there. I can't stop looking at these strikeout numbers. 13 strikeouts for Mets pitchers tonight. And the incredible number is that of the 13 strikeouts from Brewers hitters tonight, 10, count them, 10, 10 of them, 
come from three guys. Keston Hira has four strikeouts. Tyrone Taylor has three strikeouts. Christian Yelich has three strikeouts. Nobody else had uh, more than more than one. So it's not even one of those situations where you strike out a ton and it's kind of evenly placed over your entire lineup. No, like it is it is concentrated. Ten of the thirteen strikeouts, very heavily concentrated between those three players. And again, I, I want to be clear when it comes to to Keston Hira. He's he has been better since coming back from AAA Nashville. Uh, but at the same time, when he came back from AAA Nashville, he was hitting 130. And he was able to, he got that average as high as 169. So he, he raised his average 39 points in like a week and a half, week and a half, two weeks. He was at 130 going into the game on June 23rd. He was at 169 the day uh, on going into yesterday's action. So he had done a lot to raise that. And it had been a lot of one-hit games. He had two two-hit games and all of that. But we, we saw him struggle so much offensively earlier in the year, especially when it came to the strikeouts. So when in your last two games you're 0 for 7 with six strikeouts, to me that, that, that kind of sounds the alarm that you don't want this thing to keep going in that direction and for him to all of a sudden once again be that guy he was earlier in the year where he was essentially a 130 hitter and striking out half the time. You need more from that, more than that from him, or you need to figure out what you need to do to fix him for the long term. And fixing him for the long term might not be something that's happened at the big league level. So I hate to do it. I hate talking about pressure on guys to perform. But there's pressure. They're absolutely 100%, without a doubt, is pressure on Keston here to perform. All right, we will uh, get to the news in two minutes. After that, we'll hear the postgame comments of manager Craig Council. We also have our highlight segment coming up. A lot to get to between now and 1030. This is Brewers Extra Innings. It's Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley. Strickland deals. Ground ball hits at third. Urias has it. Goes to the second one. On the first double play. The Brewers had a bases loaded, nobody out situation. Hunter Strickland comes in and gets him out of it. How about that moment? That was uh, that was Hunter Strickland really showing something, but the Brewers end up losing today to the Mets by a 4-2 score. Brewers' extra innings continues here on WTMJ. My name is Matt Pauley. Manager Craig Council spoke with the media earlier. Uh, Brandon Woodruff was just absolutely rolling along through his first six innings, ran into some trouble in the seventh, uh, gave up a walk on a really close pitch that was ball four, then a ground ball found its way through, could have been a double play ball, and at that point then the Mets were able to tack on for a moment, and uh, Woodruff ends up getting just one out in the seventh inning. Manager Craig Council uh, asked what happened with uh, Woodruff there uh, in the seventh. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he lost it. I mean, I think they had Lenore had a nice at bat against them, and, you know, if anything, he just he was going through the lineup the third time, and uh, they got some pitches a little bit over the middle and, and, and did something good with them. Brandon said he was really happy with the sinker, Craig, and just how he was able to efficiently get through the innings. Which What did you see? Yeah, no, I mean, I think the – I mean, the, he was incredibly efficient through the first six. I think he was sitting 63 or something like pitches. Um, and they were they were putting the sinker in play. Um, so he was getting a lot of balls on the ground, a lot of kind of soft contact. Um, 
And then, you know, the just the, the walk just started out an inning, and Smith just, I mean, he just kind of snuck a ball through her, um, you know, a couple feet to the other side. We got a double play, and the game's probably a different game. But, um, you know, they, they then they put a couple good at-bats against him. Craig, a, a lot of strikeouts for the offense tonight. What did you see? Was Did you think McGill was that good? Well, I, I thought he had a really good changeup. Um, you know, he got a you know, he got Gallich a couple times on a changeup. I thought that pitch was pretty good. Taylor on a changeup. So that changeup was was very good. Um, you know, but but yeah, we had too many strikeouts tonight. You know, kind of just overall, um, and that that's why we didn't. You know, we didn't. We were quiet for eight in, eight innings. There, very 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 quiet. Um, you know, the Omar home run. And, there was nothing really else happening, so not not a you know we we didn't do enough offensively tonight. But your team didn't give up. Uh, I mean, I think it shows how good the your team is. It didn't give up, and uh, you guys had a chance in the night. Yeah, we did give ourselves a chance, um, and we had a, we had good at bats, really good at bats in the ninth. I thought the you know the the slider to Jace just looked like it backed up a little bit. Uh, you know, it didn't kind of come into his barrel. I give him credit for throwing a strike with the slider there, um, and that that felt like it kind of got him on track a little bit. And then Diaz was in the strike zone quite a bit after that, so made some good pitches up to here. Um, you know that that three two pitch to, to to Peterson to me was kind of the pitch of the game. Or that, if if that's a ball, or if uh, we're able to kind of continue that bad and somehow get on base there, I think the inning turns out differently. But we did give ourselves a chance. Um, but you know we got to give ourselves a chance in more innings. I, I think that's the kind of message from tonight. Craig, Craig when um, Keston has a night like tonight, on, on top of a couple other kind of tough games, does it make you um, you know nervous that it's slipping away from him, or do you just move on and say he's going to be okay? Well, I mean, I, you know, I mean, I think it's concerning. Um, you know, those are not good nights for sure, and and, and he got. Um, you know, he, he, had, he had a bad night, um, but you know that this this is where we're at right now. I mean, we need Keston. We need Keston to do it right now. Um, so it's you know we've got to we've got to lean on him and count on him um, because it's you know he's who we got right now. When he get, Craig, when he gets into a bullpen game like that, I think when they're bringing one different reliever in um, every inning, especially in a good bullpen, that's hard on hitters, though, isn't it? I mean. Yeah, four straight guys coming. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think what happened tonight is that we we just, you know, they're 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 guys did a nice job first of all, um, and, and and just we we didn't, but we didn't get any pressure on them. We didn't we just we didn't get any man base for you know six seven eight nothing 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 going at all. So no stressful pitches really, um, and nothing to uh, and then. You know, with the way they were able to start the innings with matchups every inning, just just the nature of it, and never we never got to at bats where we kind of had a good matchup. So um, their, their guys did a nice job, though. Um, and I, again, we didn't uh, we didn't make them make stressful pitches. We didn't make their bullpen make stressful pitches till the ninth inning. Another brilliant outing by Strickland. I mean, uh, you, know, you don't have a chance to make a run out of the ninth without what he did. No, I mean, I, you know, when you got bases loaded, nobody out, and in, in the in the eighth, uh, you know, that that game was slipping away for sure, bringing him in. But 
you know, he, he did a heck of a job, and then you get the first two guys on, and it's like he had a chance to be the hero tonight for sure. But, you know, again, you make them use their closer. Um, you make them throw a bunch of pitches. So, you know, hopefully by uh, hopefully there is a little effect on that. And we all we all got to see the closer. A bunch of guys got to see the closer. So there, there's a benefit to, to hitting the job that he did tonight. The thing that Craig Council said that I think carried the most weight with me just as I was listening was the Brewers have got to threaten in more innings. It just wasn't enough today. They threatened in the ninth, and that was great to see that they were able to make a little bit of noise. They were a home run away from from taking the lead in the ninth. They were maybe a, a, a they were a, an extra base hit away from tying it up. Like that, that's all good. That's not bad. But I think when he says that the the lesson of this game is that they have to threaten in more innings, I think he's spot on, and I agree. And I, you would say that about yesterday as well against the Pirates. Like you gotta you gotta come up with more opportunities to score runs. The Brewers had five at bats today with runners in scoring position. That's not enough. Now the Mets had five too, and they ended up winning the game. But five isn't that many. The Brewers go one for five. They leave six on base. They just didn't they just didn't threaten that much overall. All right, we'll go back through the game with the highlights. We'll do that next. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. Ready for this? Fly ball. This? Deep right. And this? Third deck. Holy smokes. Time for tonight's highlights. Here's Matt Pauley. 4-2. The Brewers fall short to the Mets. Starting pitching matchup. Brandon Woodruff, the all-star on the mound for the crew. Tyler McGill getting the start for the Mets. Brewers tried to make a little bit of noise in the first inning with two outs. Willie Adamas at the plate. Bouncer, third base, a fair ball under the glove of VR. It's headed into the corner. Willie Adamas digging for two. He will make it there safely. He extends his hitting streak to six games with a two-out double. Omar Narvaez was then hit by a pitch, but Tyrone Taylor strikes out, and the Brewers' threat goes away there in the first inning. Brandon Woodruff. Got off to a nice start. Doesn't give up a run for the first few innings. In the third inning, strikes out the former Brewer, Jonathan VR. Strikes out James McGann. And then that brings up his counterpart, counterpart excuse me, McGill. Setting up away is Narvaez. The pitch, and it's a called third strike. One, two, three, go the Mets. As Woodruff strikes him out in order. And then the Brewers would take the lead a half inning later in the top of the fourth inning with one out, Omar Narvaez at the plate. McGill from the windup, the 1-1 to Narvaez, and Omar rips one deep right field. Batted is Conforto at the track. It is gone for Omar Narvaez. Omar Narvaez goes deep, and the Brewers take a 1-0 lead. But the Mets would answer in the bottom of the inning. Brandon Nimmo leads the inning off with a double. Francisco Lindor then puts down a bunt. That moves Nimmo to third for Dominic Smith. In the 0-1, this is a fly ball to right center. It'll be deep enough, most likely, to score the runner. Tagging, coming home. The throw from Bradley is almost in time, but they're going to score the run. That was deep enough that it shouldn't even have been close at home plate, but with Jackie's arm, he made it as interesting as he could be. But Nimmo tagged and scored standing up. Yeah, so a 1-1 game in the uh, fifth inning. The Brewers uh, would get a runner on when Brandon Woodruff walks, and that would get the bullpen up for the Mets. 
Uh, McGill would get out of the inning, but then he would be replaced in the sixth by Aaron Loop. All the while, Brandon Woodruff was just rolling through until we would get to the seventh inning. The inning gets started with a Francisco Lindor walk on a ball four that was very, very close. Dominic Smith then gets a base hit. That was a ball that could have easily been a, uh, a possibly a double play. It just snuck through. So all of a sudden, you've got runners on at first and third for Pete Alonzo. The pitch, and this is lined down the left field line. It's a base hit and then some for Alonzo. Lindor is going to score. Smith is around third. They're going to wave him home. Here's the throw from Adamas. It's late. And into second is Alonzo with a two-run double. The Mets lead it 3-1. to one. Jeff McNeil would then ground out as Woodruff gets his first out of the inning, but then Michael Conforto would do this. 1-1. One, one. And this is lined into right field. That's going to get down for a base hit. Alonzo will trot home. It's 4-1 Mets. That was a sinker down at the bottom of the zone. And Conforto just went down and set it into right on a line drive. That ends the day for Brandon Woodruff. Miguel Sanchez then comes in, gets out of the inning, but a three-run frame for the Mets, and it is a 4-1 score. Mets would threaten again in the eighth inning. Hobie Milner comes on to pitch for the Brewers. He would load the bases with nobody out, giving up uh, two uh, hits and a walk as well. So then Hunter Strickland comes into the game with the unenviable position of a bases-loaded, no-out situation. Gets Kevin Pillar to fly out to Tyrone Taylor, shallow enough that the runners could not uh, move up. And then Pete Alonzo is at the plate. Strickland deals. Ground ball hit to third. Urias has it. Goes to the second one. On the first double play. The Brewers had a bases loaded, nobody out situation. Hunter Strickland comes in and gets him out of it. Yeah, that's a heck of a job. A heck of a job by Hunter Strickland, who has been really good since he became a Brewer. So the game goes to the ninth inning. Mets closer Edwin Diaz, who hasn't pitched a whole lot lately, he comes on. First battery faces Willie Adamas. Swing a line drive. That's a fair ball and headed into the corner. Adamas is going to put on the brakes, however, as Michael Conforto cut that ball off before it got into the corner. It's a leadoff single for Willie Adamas. Boy, did he have a plan going to the plate. Omar Narvaez then walks. Runners on at first and second for Tyrone Taylor. Swing ground ball through the left side. Base hit. They're going to send around the runner from third. He's going to score, and it's 4-2. to two. Tyrone Taylor's first hit of the game comes up in a big situation. Yeah, so uh, the Brewers are making some noise here in the ninth inning. Jace Peterson comes to the plate. He strikes out. Keston Hira then strikes out. Two outs. Jackie Bradley Jr. at the plate. Diaz into his stretch. The pitch. Swing and a fly ball. Left field, Pilar towards the line and foul. Nope, fair territory. He makes the catch and the ball game is over. Boy, the Brewers had a threat there. Got a run across, had the tying run on base. Couldn't get the big hit when they needed it. Edwin Diaz finishes it out, and the Mets take game number one by a final of 4-2. to two. Mets go to 44 and 37. Brewers drop to 51 and 35. Winning totals for the Mets: four runs, six hits, no errors. They leave three for the Brewers: two runs, five hits, no errors. They leave six. Winning pitcher is Seth Lugo. He is two and one. Brandon Woodruff takes the loss to drop to seven and four. 
Edwin Diaz the save. His 18th of the year, just one home run hit in the game. Omar Nervaez hitting his 8th of the year. The game lasting 2 hours and 58 minutes, played in front of 15,145 folks at City Field. Brewers fall short to the Mets 4-2. We'll preview the second game of the series, give you some scores from around baseball. That's up next. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. This is Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley on WTMJ. Brewers come up short. They lose to the Mets by a 4-2 score. Welcome back into Brewers Extra Innings here on WTMJ. Let's uh, go to the phones, the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Before we wrap things up, Doug in Baraboo has given us a call. Hey, Doug, you're on WTMJ. Yeah, good evening, Matt. You know, my theory over the years has been uh, for for the pitching ERA. If you were around four, a little under four, you probably will make the playoffs. If you were around 3.5 where the uh, Brewers are now, you have a good chance of winning the division. So I hope that continues. Now, after that uh, rough three weeks in May, it's nice to see that the offense has actually caught up to the uh, performance of, of the pitching. And again, I hope that continues. And I'm just wondering, uh, maybe you know, I know going into tonight, the team is batting 219 overall, but do you know what they're batting since uh, 522? Yeah, so you, I actually looked this up yesterday and never uh, never mentioned it, and now the Major League Baseball stats portal where I go into is having issues. It was around two, they're somewhere between 235 and 240 as of yesterday. If I remember correctly, I think it's 236, but don't quote me on that. So it's better than what it's been, but it's not like they're, they're knocking down any doors with what they're doing from a batting average standpoint. No, and uh, I, your good conversation, you and Craig, on that, on here. So I just have to see what happens. Yeah, we will see. Appreciate the phone call. Uh, I, I believe it was two thirty-six, if I remember uh, correctly. Frustrating when uh, technology decides that it does not want to uh, work with you on something there for a moment. So uh, we'll see if we can uh, get that to work before uh, all is said and done here uh, on the program. We'll get you some scores from around the NL Central. In just one second, if you hear me stalling, it is. I am literally stalling because the uh, the, the engine that I use to look up stats through MLB's uh, portal, it looks like it's working right now. I don't think it's going to. All right. Sorry, Doug. I think it was 2.36 as of yesterday since uh, since May 22nd, uh, but uh, I don't have the exact number at this very moment. We'll see what it does after I take a look at these scores from around baseball. Around the uh, National League Central tonight, uh, the Cardinals defeat the Giants by a 5-3 score. Cardinals had uh, Kwon Yin Kim on the mound. He went seven strong innings, allowing three hits, two strikeouts, and two walks. Uh, Matt Carpenter had a pretty solid game uh, for the Cardinals as he drives in two of their five runs, and St. Louis wins by a 5-3 score. The Cincinnati Reds, they come alive in the seventh inning when they score four runs, and they get the win in Kansas City over a 6-2 score. So the Reds continue to play uh, really solid baseball, and they've got their record of 44-40. and So they're now four games above 500 with the win today. Uh, Victor Gutierrez got the start for the Reds, went six innings, allowing two runs on five hits, six strikeouts, and two walks. And again, those seven straight games between the Brewers and the Reds, uh, the bookend in front of the and behind the All-Star break, those continue to loom large coming up. The Pirates 
Break them up. They've won two in a row. They put up an 11 spot tonight at home against the Atlanta Braves. They win by an 11-1 score. It was uh, Chase DeYoung that got the start for the Buccos. He went five, allowing a run on four hits, four strikeouts, three walks. How about Ben Gamble? Hits two more home runs. All of a sudden, he has six. He is swinging a hot bat, and the Pirates come away with a win against the Braves, 11-1. So as we take a look at the updated standings in the National League Central, the Brewers lead in the division. It is at six over the Reds, who have now won five straight. Brewers are 51-35. and The Reds are 44-40. and the Cubs, they are eight games back at 42 and 42. The Cardinals, nine games back at 42 and 44. And the Pirates have cut their deficit to under 20 at 31 and 53. They are now 19 games back of the first place Brewers. As far as uh, what is uh, taking place in the Brewers minor league system, well, absolutely nothing. Not a lot of minor league games this year on Mondays. Uh, what used to be known as the Pacific Coast League tends to play games on Mondays, but uh, the Nashville Sounds are not even part of what used to be uh, the Pacific Coast League. So uh, new series are set to uh, begin coming up tomorrow. Nashville will play at Gwinnett. Biloxi will play Birmingham. Wisconsin will be at home against Quad Cities. And Carolina will be at home against Lynchburg. So that's going to be what's going to be coming up tomorrow. But across the board, nothing going on for uh, Brewers minor league teams. Brewers and Mets play game two of the three-game series coming up tomorrow evening. And the Brewers have a challenge in front of them. No disrespect meant to uh, Tyler McGill, who got the start today for the Mets, but the Brewers are facing Jacob DeGrom coming up tomorrow. DeGrom's going to come into the game with a 7-2 and record and an ungodly .95 ERA. Brewers will send Brett Anderson to the mound. The lefty is 2-5 and with a 4.69 ERA. 6-10 is the first pitch time. That means coverage at 5:35 on our sister station, 94.5 ESPN, uh, because the Bucks will be here on WTMJ, and then uh, I will be uh, with you immediately following the game for Brewers Extra Innings. But a reminder: tomorrow's game can be heard on 94.5 ESPN. We're back here on Wednesday here on WTMJ.